Good morning. How are we all today? Good, good, good. If you're a guest, it's great to have you here with us. It's a, we love having guests worshiping with us. We love having guests with us when we go, corporately get together as a family to worship God. So uh, today, we'll be having the uh, uh, last series of um, our uh, Believe series, looking at the foundations of what we believe as Christians, uh, the, foundation, the fundamental beliefs um, of uh, Christians, what we believe the Bible says, and this is the 10th week. And today, we'll be looking at the kingdom of God. It's, it's great. <laughs> the kingdom of God is great. Uh, you can talk about it, talk on it for days and days, but I know I've only got so much time, and uh, so hopefully we'll be able to uh, find out what the Bible says about the kingdom of God. Um, before I uh, read the scripture, I think you always know that the context is really important. Uh, when you study the Bible and when you read the Bible, it's really important to know the context, to know the background to it. And having come from another nation, it really helps me when I read the Bible because then I've experienced two different settings and I know the setting that uh, at the time that the, the words were written were different. So it really helps me with finding out the context first. Um, having come from another nation and having lived here, I know that th th things are different. But I've lived here for so long now that a few of the things have become the second nature to me. Like, especially when we go abroad, if there's no queue in the shops, I panic. Uh, or the world, uh, the, the, the phrase health and safety has started to make sense. So it's just like, ooh, it's not safe. And then I can see another uh, few of the Eritrean and Iranian guys looking at me, try, uh, trying for more, uh, to get out what I mean by that. What do I mean by not safe? So, um, but then, and I've also got a watch. Um, I, I used to have one before I come here, but then I know how to use it now. It's got a purpose. Um, so these are the things that, that, that were different. Back home, they were different. So I did have one of these, but now I know that it has a purpose and meaning. It's different. So the culture is really important. We need to know the context and the background of what was, what's been happening at the time when we read the words of God. Um, I even panic when there's no tea at home, when we run out of tea. So I'm getting really, really English, which is great. Um, the text um, that I've chose for today is from um, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. So it's Luke 17, 20 and 21. If you've got a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 17. If you haven't, uh, the words will be on the screen. Um, I'll be reading from Luke 17, 20, and 21. Being asked by the Pharisees, this is Jesus, when the kingdom of God would come, he, Jesus, answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. <laughs> that is amazing. So we have a group of Pharisees, religious guys, really good at knowing the, the word, really good at trying to analyze it and break it down into smaller chunks and doing, changing things, twisting things around the way they want to, and then giving it to people to do them, and not themselves, of course, they were good guys. They're asking Jesus about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. One of the greatest topics amongst Jews. The kingdom of God, what they're really awaiting for. 
And then they come and ask Jesus, well, when is it coming then? If you're the Messiah, when is it coming? They were trying to ask the question to prove that Jesus is not the Messiah, to prove that he is not who he says he is, to prove that, look, this guy cannot be our Messiah. Because when the Messiah comes, the kingdom of God comes and it's all different. The kingdom of God comes and we will be the kings of the world and the Roman Empire will be demolished and the whole world will obey us and God will be the king. So they asked Jesus about the kingdom of God and as always, Jesus goes straight to the point. The kingdom of God is not something that we can change and say, oh, look, it's, it's over there or no, I think it's over there or no, I think it's somewhere down south. The kingdom of God, Jesus told them, is in the midst of you. Who was in the midst of them? Amen. Jesus himself. So the kingdom of God was there. But then it's a really controversial matter. Um, I'm sure you've heard about uh, paradoxes. Sometimes two ideas making sense together and making sense apart from each other. So Jesus tells them the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. I am the kingdom of God here in the midst of you. And then, at another place, he teaches the disciples to pray, and he teaches them to pray for the kingdom of God to come. So if the kingdom of God is in the midst of us, then why do we have to pray for it to come? And of course, the disciples being really bright and sharp, and really being on the spot with Jesus and whatever he said, Jesus just had to say the word and they would understand it. No, it wasn't like that. So the disciples really needed some more, come on, give, them, give us a bit more, try and help us. Let us find out, help us in understanding it. So the kingdom of God uh, is really controversial and it's not something that can be understood in one sentence. However, we'll try and see what the Bible says because this is what we hang on to, um, to understand God himself because God chose to reveal himself through this to us and these are his words and we try to hang on to this to find out what it means by his kingdom. When you think about kingdom, in this country you generally think about the royal family. In some other countries, when you talk about kings, people try to find the most offensive word to talk about their kings. In other parts of the world, kings don't even make sense. Uh, what do you mean by a king? We've never had one. And in other parts of the world, you talk about kings and it's like you're talking Greek. Because, yeah, we do have one, but have they actually got a use? They're just there. They're of no use. They're, they're just a title. But at the time when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, they had a different mindset about kingdom. They had a different mindset about kings. And there were three mainstreams. The disciples had a different mindset compared to us. So if you talk to one of us here about kingdom, we have a different idea. Now try to imagine Peter and try to find out what he really thought about kingdom. At the time, there were three main philosophies um, about history and God and kingdom. The first one was that history is meaningless. God, the watchmaker, I'm, I'm sure you've all heard of this uh, philosophical idea. God, yeah, he does exist. He's like the watchmaker. So he's created the whole world, 
that's like a watch. Um, it makes sense to some of us. Mavash, maybe you want to translate the word watch. <laughs> um, and it's, it, it, it works, and it works fine, but then it's working and working and working and going towards destruction, and then God has nothing to do with it. So this was one of the main ideas. So God, the watchmaker, who's created this watch and is working fine, but then it's going to, to come to an end one day, um, and then there'll be nothing afterwards. Uh, the other one was that history is a series of events so that go in a circle. So A happens, then goes to B and C, and then it goes back again, and then again and again. So it's all like events in a circle. The same thing happens over and over again, and again, it's meaningless. But the Bible uh, offers the third view, which is the correct view, and uh, this is what the disciples had in mind because they were from a Jewish background and they were familiar with what we call the Old Testament now. The disciples of Jesus, Jews, had this in mind, that God created the world, which he did, and that history is like an arrow moving towards a day. And that day is called the day of the Lord. And that's where the history is going. Now, the day of the Lord can be great for some people, and it can be really, really scary for others. Now, we'll get to it, why it can be great and why it can be so scary for some. Well, we'll find out in a few minutes. So the, uh, the view that the Bible offers is the view that we as Christians take on, because God never lies. God is the creator, as we heard, even the children said it. We read in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 8, that he speaks through the mouth of children. It was amazing that our children know that God has created the whole world. It just didn't happen by itself. It's God, and he just didn't create it and leave it to come to an end and destruction. No, he sustained it in his hands. He sustains the whole world. Um, the world is broken. This world, uh, you can, uh, when you uh, try to watch the news, they start with good morning or good evening, and they give you all the reasons not to have a good morning or good evening. Uh, because it's broken. There's violence. There's active terrorism in the world. There's hunger in the world. Just try to tune into your radio, and you'll find out. Listen to the world news, and you'll find out. But it wasn't meant to be like this. And it's not going to be like this forever. Kingdom of God is, um, if you've been on uh, God's Big Picture or according to Raj, Theology Thursdays, uh, you'll find out, yeah, you'll know that it's God's people in God's place under God's rule and blessing. And you know what? As the people of God, we're waiting for that day. Of course, the kingdom of God is in the midst of us because of the presence of God, because we carry the kingdom in our hearts. But then there's a greater day to come. Because Jesus had to come to this world, and he has to come twice. <laughs> it has to happen in two series. The first time he had to come uh, to humble himself. The first time he came, it was just like you and I. The first time he came, he was born just like every other child. The first time he came, he was humble. He 
he actually had to run away. Well, his parents had to take him to another country. He became a refugee and then came back. It was hard. He was humiliated. He died on the cross for you and I because of our sins. And then he was buried, but he didn't stay there, obviously, because that's the difference. <laughs> because like you and I, he had no sin on him. So he rose again, and he is seated at the right hand of God. And if you believe in him today, you can be saved. If you believe in him today, all you need to do is to realize that you've got nothing to offer, but you actually want Jesus and what he has to offer. But then Jesus has to come back again. But this time, it won't be the same as the first time. The first time he came and finished it, it's all done, it's all complete, and he actually did say, it is finished, it's finished. The second time, it'll be in glory. He will come in glory. And this is the day that as Christians we're waiting for. He will come, not in humility, he will come and he won't be uh, laughed at. He will come and they won't be able to beat him. He will come in glory. And you know, the uh, Revelation says he will come uh, riding a, uh, on a white horse. And particularly some of the girls would like the idea <laughs> on the man riding on the white horse. It's not like the fairy tales. Um, he will come on a white horse, but it's not like on the fairy tales where uh, he, the uh, not the bride, but the groom, comes on the white horse, takes the bride, and goes, and they live happily ever after. It will be happily ever after, but then Jesus comes to take his bride. Jesus comes on a white horse, and then we will live under God's rule and blessing, which is the only thing. God's rule, absolute rule and blessing. We have the kingdom of God in the midst of us because we bring the kingdom of God that we have in our hearts, especially when we gather corporately together. We have the presence of God in our hearts. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And we come and bring it together. And it's, uh, the kingdom of God is here in the midst of us, but it's not in full. We read in Hebrews that everything will be subject to him. But for a short time, not everything is subject. But everything will be subject to him. We have God's authority and blessing amongst us. We have his presence, but then we live in a world fallen, short of his glory. We live in a world destroyed. But then the day that he comes back will be the day of the Lord. And on that day, you will either believe in Jesus and you would be part of his family, and you would live with him forever and ever, worshipping him, or you'd be in another uh, category. You'd be separated from him. And this is probably the bit that uh, in the West uh, not many people talk about. Uh, we have heard about it in this church. Raj spoke on hell a few months ago. And this is the bit that we don't normally hear about. We hear about, yeah, come to Jesus and you will be saved. But what if not? <laughs> What if I decide not to come to Jesus? What's the difference? The difference is your eternity. We will all live forever after we die here. We will all live forever. But we can choose to believe in Jesus and live with him forever, worshipping him under his rule and blessing, or we can choose not to believe in him and live separate from him. That's eternal damnation. I can't bear to think, 
to live away from Jesus, even in this life that I know is limited, that I know I have limited years, never mind in eternity, never mind knowing that you will never be reconciled with him. If you don't believe in Jesus today, I want to encourage you, consider him. There are no strings attached with Jesus, you know, because he's the king who gave everything. Which other king in this whole world would do that? Have you heard of a king who would have given his life for his people? And even if they do, what difference is it going to make? It might change their immediate future. It might change tomorrow or the day after. It will not change the future, the eternity of his people. But with this king, he chose to humble himself. He came down for you and I. He gave everything. He gave his life so that we can live. He gave his life on the cross, the most horrible type of execution. But because death has had no power on him, he rose again. And today, you can believe in him if you don't know him. And I want to encourage you to not miss this moment. If you believe in him, he will come and eat with you. This is what he says. If you believe in him, he will be your friend. Jesus is not a religious guy. He's actually against religion. He gave these religious guys a really hard time. He's about relationship. He's about friendship. And through him, you will have eternal life. So if you don't know him today, I want to encourage you not to miss this moment because it will have an effect on your eternity. Because with this decision, you will be able to live with him or to live separate from him. And I can't bear to think that somebody would live separate from him. So the kingdom. If we are in a kingdom, we have a king. This king, obviously, as you know, is called Jesus. What does that make us as people in the kingdom? That makes us royalty. You've probably heard our boss singing, I am royalty. It's not really. I know his family. <laughs> he still claims to be royalty. But because he knows he is. Not biologically, but he is royalty because he, he believes in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And if any of you here believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the way, the truth, and the life, you are royalty. You are royalty. You are representative of this king wherever you go. So know your identity in God. If we're talking about the kingdom of God, that would have an effect on us. So if we want to try and get to know this king and find out about his kingdom, that would tell us something about our own identity. Are you royalty today? But our royalty is different from the royalty of the world. The royalty that belongs to Jesus, we'll have to get our hands dirty. We'll have to get on with the work. We don't probably have clothes that are so different from other people. We probably don't have crowns that people can see. <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but the crown that will be given to us by him is worth so much more. So do you know you're a royalty if you believe in Jesus? And if you, you do, do you exercise that authority? When you go to your colleges, universities, 
what do you do as the royalty? I'm sure you don't expect people to bow down to you because you'd point them to him to bow down. You'd point them to Jesus. What do you do? Royalty, prince and princesses, when you go to work on a Monday morning. Do you exercise the authority that's been given to you by God, by the King of Kings? What do you do with this authority? When one of your colleagues is sick, what do you do? Do you offer paracetamol or do you offer prayers? I'm not against paracetamols uh, <laughs> or medicines. In fact, it's a great gift given to us by God. Uh, unless your GP is Raj. But, <laughs> but do you exercise the authority given to you by God? You see, we had today, uh, Jackie came and gave testimony of how God healed her back. <laughs> No, she came and didn't say, oh, I'm great because my back is healed and that makes me a great person. Of course, she's great. But she gave all the glory to God because it's him who did it. It's him. It's the king that brought his kingdom down. Are you suffering today from physical illness, maybe even emotionally? Then the king of kings wants to heal you. You know, as, as I woke up this morning... Um, I had a sense that God wants to heal people today. Um, and it was amazing to hear Jackie's testimony because that really encouraged me. But then I believe that um, God gave me a particular word for somebody who uh, has uh, a problem with their uh, white blood cells. Um, it's dysfunctioning. It's, it's not working properly. And as you can tell, I'm not a doctor. Oh, well. <laughs> Thank you. We'll pray for you afterwards. Uh, and if you're suffering from any illness, uh, I know a doctor, but I know the God of this doctor uh, as well, <laughs> who is the doctor of the doctors. And then we can take you before him. In faith, we will pray for you, for his kingdom to come. <laughs> we will pray that the kingdom of God will come and break through. God wants you to live free. Don't settle with the pain you have. <laughs> Let's pray together afterwards. Get, getting back to the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom of God has already come in the person of Jesus, but that same kingdom is still in the future. Um, again, we read, we read in Luke, Jesus said, it's not there or here, it's in the midst of you. It's Jesus, the King of Kings. The kingdom of God is also near and yet far away. Not far away like the kingdoms you only hear in fairy tales, uh, but uh, it's the kingdom of God that is so close and as Christians, we've got to be excited about it. But it's also so far away that as Christians, again, we've got to be so excited about it. We've got to be excited about it because it's so close and we know the day of the Lord is coming. But then we've got to be excited that it's far away because then we have more time to go and reach the times and beyond with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So always live like Jesus is coming today and live like he's never coming. <laughs> because with that we can make sure that we are living Christ-like. We are being people who are exercising God's authority. We are, living, we are people who are expecting God to do great things because he's coming today. And at the same time, we know that there are people who have not been reached. There are people groups in this world that have not been reached yet. There are people groups around the world who haven't heard the gospel. There are people outside here that haven't heard the gospel. There are people in Teesside that don't know who Jesus really is. He's, they've probably only heard his name. There are people just down the road who need to hear the word. 
There are people who need to respond to him. So live like he's coming back today and live like he's not coming back in a thousand years' time and see how that affects you. The coming of the kingdom, signs have been given. <laughs> the kingdom is coming and signs have been given. But it's a very dangerous thing to try and work out when he's coming back because you'll never be able to work it out for one thing. And then Jesus clearly says that only the Father knows when the time is coming. So don't ever try to work it out. And if any time somebody tries to tell you oh, he's coming back and shows you some calculations, just dismiss it and don't ever look at it. Throughout the history, many people have tried to do it. Uh, they've been deceived. They've been trying to work out the, com the date that Jesus comes back. But Jesus clearly tells the disciples, it's not for you to know, it's only Father who knows it. And rather than trying to work these out uh, and waste your time on something that you'll never be able to find out and something that Jesus has clearly commanded us not to do, go and reach people. Go and grow in God. Go and tell the gospel. Go and spread the gospel to the people who haven't heard about it. You know, revivals happen because the Spirit of God moves. But then they happen because a man or a woman or a group of people have faithfully been praying, maybe for days, months, and years, and then they're willing to step out and put their lives on the line so that a nation can be saved so that a nation can hear the gospel and raise in, in their faith and come to Jesus. So rather than trying to be deceived by these people who come up with all the numbers, rather than trying to work out ourselves, think where God has placed you. He's placed you here for a reason. He's placed you on Teesside here for a reason. And it's because of the people out here. You know, as soon as you step out, there are people you'll probably see quite a lot of them as you walk by. And many of them are probably not saved. God has brought you here so that you can go and spread the gospel, so that they get to hear the gospel through you. God has brought you here so that when you see somebody who is ill, you lay hands on them in Jesus' name on the streets and for God to be glorified. Is this something you have in mind? Is this something you're really yearning for? Is this something that you really want to see in this town? If it is, you're in the right place. Do you want God to come and reach Teesside? Do you want Teesside to be known as the place where the Spirit of God dwells? Do you want Teesside to be known as the embassy of God? This is what I'm longing for. Teesside is not going to be known as one of the worst places to live in the UK. Teesside is not going to be known for number of jobless people. It's not going to be known for low wages, but it's going to be known because God lives here. <laughs> and God lives in you and I. And if, it's, if this is something you're yearning for, then do something about it. Pray, and as you go out, extend the kingdom of God. Don't be scared. And as you go to spread the kingdom of God, and as you go to spread the gospel, yes, things will come your way. You, we, we have an enemy. The oppositions will come your way. But you are the carriers of the kingdom of God. If Christians were mobile phones, you know we have signals on the mobile phone and it says the name of the company. Uh, if, if we had signals, it would say Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are the carriers. <laughs> we are the carriers of the kingdom of God. You have the kingdom of God in your heart. All you need to do is to be in tune with him and follow his directions. Follow the spirit of God wherever he takes you. <laughs>
we have all been born for such a time as this. We were saying in the prayer meeting. Now, when I, was, um, when I became a Christian, um, after a while where my parents thought that they can't make me change my mind, uh, they started coming with different strategies. If you're a parent, we say in, in Persian, we have a phrase that parents are the best politicians because you'll have to know every single way and move beforehand. So they tried to come up with different ways of trying to stop me uh, from become, being a Christian and living my faith. So they came to me and said, so, and this is after they tried everything, especially my mother. She had tried almost everything. And then they came and said, you were born so that you would look after us in our old days. You were born so that you would be our help. You were born so that we could rely on you. You were born so that when we're old and can't do anything and when we're helpless, you come and help us and lift us up. You were born for this time. And then, it was a few years ago, uh, I was listening to a song and it says, you were born for such a time as this. And God reminded me, yes, of course, all those things are great, but I was born for such a time as this. I was born for such a time as this, where I, God brings me to Teesside, where I go and proclaim the gospel with my family. I was born for such a time as this. So why were you born? The Bible says you were born for this time for such a time as this. You were not born for other people's expectations, but you were born for such a time as this. Do you believe this Jubilee? Do you really believe this? And do you, have you really bought into it? Do you know that you have a king? Do you know that this king planned all your days so that he knows when you come into this world and he knows when you will depart and he's planned everything for you in between and before and after that. And he's, he has a plan for you and your life. And are you going according to his plans or are you doing things your own way? If you are doing things your own way, repent and come back. Because his plans are great. It might not make sense to us. And some of the things that he says still don't make sense to me. But I, trust to believe, I, I choose to trust in him. Even if it doesn't make sense, if you know it's from God, believe it. Because usually the first time they don't make sense. Because he's God and be human. So do you believe that you were born for such a time as this? Do you lift up Teesside and the nations before God day in, day out? Do you pray for the kingdom of God to come in your workplaces? Do you seek the kingdom of God wherever you go? No, as you walk into different places, you're taking the kingdom of God with you. Extend the kingdom of God wherever you go. Don't be scared to step outside your uh, comfort zone. Pray for the kingdom to come. And you know when the kingdom comes, it brings freedom. It brings freedom from oppression. It brings freedom from fear. I am free today, not because I did great things, but because I made the best and greatest decision anybody can ever make. I made the decision to follow Jesus, and today I am free. I am free from fears. I am free from oppression. I am free from even death. Because I know when I die, I will go to live with him. So I can't wait for that day. Again, it will sound stupid to the people in the world. I can't wait to die. But actually, I can't wait to die. Because it's going to be great. But I know before that, he has plans for me. Because I was born for such a time as this. And where are you? If you believe in him, 
seek his kingdom. If you don't believe in him and if you don't know him today, personally, as your personal friend, as your savior, then why not? Because he has given up everything for you. Jesus is alive. So ask him to speak to you. Seek him. Ask him into your heart. Ask this king to come into your life. When we go before the earthly kings, you have to go with fear and trembling. You go in and you have to bow down. You have to do greater than that before the king of kings. In your heart. Go before him, not with the fear of the world, but go before him knowing that he has done everything so that you can be reconciled with him. This king is amazing. The kingdom of God begins in this life and is fulfilled when Jesus comes back. And every Christian is looking forward to that day. God's not slow in, in coming back. Jesus is not slow in coming back. 1 Peter says he's rather patient. And you know what? Because there are more people to hear the gospel. There are more people to come. I still have faith for my family to come to Jesus. And you know what? I, I mean, I pray for his return. But before that, I pray that my family would come to get to know him. So that when he returns, they would be in eternity with him as well. And the same for this town. I pray that people would come to get to know him before he comes back. My prayer is that this whole town and this nation would come to get to know him before he comes back. Because you know what? They'll be saved from eternal damnation. They'll be saved from living separately from the King of Kings. And they'll be able to live in his presence. No matter who is president or prime minister in the world, Jesus is the King. You know what? In some parts of the world, including where I come from, sometimes it does matter who is president. Sometimes it does matter who is the prime minister. Sometimes it does matter who is the king, the actual physical king over the country, because it just means the destruction of many people or a nation growing and nurturing. But regardless of that, Jesus is the king. It's great that God has given us this country. It's great that we have freedom here in this country. It's great that we have people who serve this country and have served in the past and will continue to serve. Prime ministers who have served faithfully. And we need to pray for them and we need to pray for more people who are in love with Jesus in authority. But you know what? <laughs> Even if things don't work the way we want to, know that Jesus is the king. doesn't matter who is the prime minister or president. Jesus is the king. And he's the king of kings. He's not an idol. He's not a god who's dead. He's not somebody that you can go to with the hope of him hearing you. No, he's alive. He's God. He's the king. He's the one and only God who's alive. And he hears you. So if you go before him, you can make sure that he listens. I used to worship a dead God for years and years until I came to Jesus and found out he's actually alive and he claims to be alive. And you know what? Not many other people, any other religions claim that their big person in the religion, that the founder of the religion is still alive. And Jesus Christ is probably the only person. And you know what? He's right because he's right every single time. Jesus never lies. He's alive. And today he hears you. Go before him. 
But you know what? If you want the kingdom, and it sounds great, you can't just have the kingdom. <laughs> if you don't believe in Jesus, and you think, oh, this kingdom is great, and I want a piece of it, you can't just have it like that. You need to go through the cross. <laughs> it's the cross of Jesus Christ that has made it possible for us to actually be included in the kingdom. So if you want to be in this kingdom, you need to go before Jesus on the cross. You need to lay down your heart there. You need to tell him that you want him in your life and that you've turned away from everything else. And you know what? He will hear you. And it's then that you will be able to have access to this kingdom. I think it's important that uh, as we talk about kingdom, we, we exercise it as well. Because, you know, Jesus didn't just talk about it. Because he, he talked quite a lot about kingdom and lots of other things. And his disciples were like, uh, what is he saying? Uh, he switches to Greek sometimes. Uh, sometimes he speaks a different language. Uh, we can't understand him. And he actually did admit a couple of times. Master, will you tell us what you meant by this? It's, it's difficult. We can't understand you. You have... A, a bit of accent. Um, they were trying to come up with all the different excuses. We, we can't understand you because of this. We can't understand you because you didn't study that as good as us. And they weren't really educated themselves either. But they, they couldn't quite understand Jesus. But what made it possible for them to understand a bit more was that Jesus said and did it. So Jesus talked about kingdom and then 10 people come to him with leprosy. <laughs> he says, go, you're all healed. Go and show yourself to the priest. And they go, and on the way they're healed. Jesus raises the dead and says, oh, will you just turn the stone away from this tomb? He's not dead. I've just called him out. He's alive. That's the kingdom of God. So he said it, and he actually did it. With us, the best way we can communicate the kingdom of God is through doing the same as Jesus did, through saying it and doing it. Are we up for exercising the kingdom of God? Are we up for talking about it and actually receiving it as well? <laughs> are you ready to receive the kingdom of God? <laughs> and are you looking forward to the day that we will receive it in full? <laughs> so I think it'd be great to receive the kingdom of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God. And if you could pray, um, I think that we, as you sat there, let's just lift up our hands and pray for his kingdom to come. If you'd like people to pray for you, please just indicate and we'll pray for you. If we, uh, and then we will go and pray for Pauline who uh, said that the word was for her. So let's just lift up our hands as we sat, wherever we sat. Lift up our hands before the King of Kings and seek his kingdom. Lift up our hands before the King and ask him to come in power. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're our King. We thank you that it was through what you did that is possible for us to come before the throne of God. Jesus, we thank you that you planned all our days. We thank you for what you went through. We thank you that you died on the cross. We thank you that you rose again. And we thank you that it is possible for us to come before the throne. We thank you that it is possible for us to lift up our hands in worship. We pray for the kingdom of God to come. As you told your disciples, Jesus, we pray for the kingdom to come. We pray for the kingdom to come and break through. We pray for the kingdom to come and bring down walls. We pray for the kingdom to come and take away disease. We pray for the kingdom to come 
and solve financial situations. We pray for the kingdom to come and break through in our lives. We pray for the kingdom to come and break through the ground in, the, in Teesside. We pray for the kingdom of God to come on Teesside. We pray for men and women to come to get to know him and be set free. And I pray, Lord, as my brothers and sisters have, have, got, have lifted their hands, Lord, I pray that you remind us every day that we are royalties. <laughs> we are royalty, not because of what we did, but because of what Jesus has done. And I pray that we use this authority that you've given us in every single way, Lord. That we use this authority in every place that we go to. I pray that the sick people would be healed on the streets of Teesside. I pray that Teesside would be known because of the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that as people walk by, that they would have encounters with you. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in magnificent ways, Lord. And I pray that you use us, your people, that you use your church on Teesside to reach out to people, Lord. And I pray that you bless this town abundantly, Lord, and send our people to the nations. Lord, I pray for your healing right now. I pray for your hand of healing to rest on my brothers and sisters today, Lord. As we've lifted up our hands before you, I pray that you come and heal us. Holy Spirit, come and minister to us in new ways. Come and minister to us in fresh ways. We seek your presence. We want more of you. We want more of your presence in our lives. Holy Spirit, come and rest in our hearts. Come and pour out your fire on us, the fire of the Spirit of God. Come and pour out your fire on us today. Come and take away every disease. Come and take away every pain, Lord. We thank you for the testimony that we heard this morning, Lord, but we want more and more. So come and open deaf ears. Come and open blind eyes. Come and heal us, Lord. Come and bring your healing, Jesus. If I could ask the band to come up, please. Um, Leslie had something to share with us, uh, so if I could ask her to come. Raj tells me that it fits in with what I said. I think <laughs> it's just the presence of God, the same spirit working in all of us. So. I thought I got away with it this morning when I didn't get called up, but um, I'm doing this in um, an act of obedience, and thanks, Jonathan, for this as well. Um, yeah, since Ginny came last week, I've just been having in my spirit that it's, um, it's a time now for... Um, us as individuals to step into our destiny um, and also us as a church to step, draw that line and step over it. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you all. You're just an amazing body of Christ to be in. We've been so blessed since we've been here. And now it is your time to step over that line now. There's no looking back there's only going forward. And the other thing that's been so impressed on my heart is you can't, once you've drawn that line, you can't shrink back again. And the time has come. And all praise and all glory to his name. Let's stand, Jubilee. Let's worship this God. God really remind me of the story in Elijah about how Elijah told the widow to go and um, bake a cake and um, and, 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 and get some oil. And uh, the widow said, but I haven't got enough, actually. You know what? This is a drought. This, this is a bad time. And in fact, this is going to be the last thing that I'm going to eat before me and my son die. That's how bad it was. But the widow in faith went out of her way and did exactly what Elijah, God speaking through Elijah, and followed him. And you know what? The oil kept on flowing and the bread kept on coming. Thank you, Lord, that you are our provider. I thank you, Lord, that we can come to you in faith. 
thank you, Lord, that your spirit fills us. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit goes ahead of us. I thank you, Lord, that you are building a church where we have crossed the line, where we have crossed the line. Each and every one of us have crossed the line, and there is no going back. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, I tell you. But that line is crossed, and we look ahead to the author and perfecter of our faith, King Jesus. Let your kingdom keep coming.